Murder birds! For those of you who have an unnatural fear of birds, or perhaps you've watched Alfred Hitchcock's movie The Birds at a much too young age, and now whenever you venture outside, you are cautious as you look to the sky for fear of a bird. Any bird, for that matter, from a mighty hawk to a tiny sparrow who could swoop down and pick out your eyes at any moment. If you are one of these people who fear birds, perhaps that then this is not the episode for you. As today, we'll be learning about two of the most dangerous birds on the planet. And the worst part is, they won't be coming at you from the skies. I'm Deidre, someone who worked as a zookeeper for 10 years, and now spend my time here on Weird Animal Facts Explicit, educating you on the weirdest of weird animals. And the two animals of today are not only weird, but can be frightening. The ostrich and cassowary. And these two birds couldn't be weirder. They are birds, but they don't fly. They are giant dinosaur-like creatures with what could be considered literal daggers on their feet. They may not come at you stealthily from the sky. Instead, they will attack you head on because they want you to know it was them. Stop freaking out. Because the chances of getting murdered by one of these massive birds is not likely. Not impossible, but not likely. Unless, of course, you go to their home country and piss them off. But you wouldn't do that because that would make you a dick. And even though many humans can be dicks, you most certainly are not. That is, if you're listening to this podcast. Therefore, you will not and cannot physically be a dick to animals. And if you break this disclosed promise, then I hope a cassowary does murder you in your sleep. That's what we get for being a dick. There are many flightless birds in the world. Ostrich, cassowary, kiwi, emu, rhea, and even penguins. However, we will not be talking about penguins today because even though they are flightless, they are not ratite as their wings do somewhat help them fly. Well, I mean, in the water, that is. Ratite. Typically, a flightless bird with a flat breastbone. Penguins don't have a flat breastbone. For flighted birds, even penguins, who will use their curved sternum, well, they rely on their chest muscles that are along that sternum to flap their wings, whether that be in the air or in the waters. Ratites, like our ostrich, cassowary, kiwi, emu, and rhea, have a flat breastbone, and that's what makes them a ratite. Scientifically speaking, they would be called strathroniforms. After all, that is their order. Kingdom phylum class. Order. Family, genus, species. Well, not exactly. I mean, that that is their order. You are correct about that. But they do share that order with other birds, not just rat tights. Fun fact. The reason why we don't say strutterforms, or however you say it, for all ratites is because there are other birds who are also in that order but don't follow the guidelines what it is to be a ratite, such as the tinamou. The tinamou is a small bird that resembles a partridge or quail, but it does have a bony breastplate, meaning it, it can kind of fly, but it chooses to walk most of the time. These five ratites can be found in South America, Africa, Australia, New Guinea, and New Zealand. All in the Southern Hemisphere, if you noticed that. It was first thought that all the ratites were just a victim of co-virgin evolution. 
meaning it was thought that they all just happened to develop the same adaptations, even though they all live apart. But once we learned about tectonic plates and Pangaea, the new thought now is that all these ratites originated from a common ancestor. Then why is the kiwi so small and the other ratites so gosh darn big? Well, you have to think about the habitat and predators that they and their ancestors had to deal with. The ratites had to evolve into larger, faster animals so to not get eaten. And because most of the large predatory mammals evolved in the northern hemisphere, you know, away from most of the ratites, it actually gave them time and space for those giant ratites to evolve. As for the kiwi, who is small, since they evolved on a secluded island without the threat of any large predators, they could afford to stay small. What about the ostrich? They have large mammal predators. Your words don't make sense. Well, they will in just a moment. And this is partly why the ostrich is one of the weird animals of today. Ostrich, it's a giant ass bird. To explain how the ostrich was able to grow so large and survive while living among who many consider to be some of the top predators of the world, we need to take a look at the ostriches themselves. Let me ask you something. How tall are you? Well, the average human is about 5 foot 6 inches. The average ostrich is taller than that. Fun fact! The tallest record of an ostrich is about 9 feet. Imagine coming face to face with that. Pretty much all legs and neck, with a fluffy giant pom-pom in the middle, the ostrich is built for speed. But fast isn't always enough, especially when you have sneaky lions and hyenas prowling around. Oh, by the way, the ostrich is from Africa in case you're, you're lost. In addition to those long, sexy legs, ostriches also have large eyes the largest eyes of any land animal. Their eyes are literally the size of an eight ball. That's five times bigger than your eyes. Why such big eyes? So that they can see danger. Danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. Living in the African savanna and along desert lands, the ostrich needs to be able to see a long distance. And they can. And seeing that they live in large flocks, it'll be easy for at least one of them to spot that line sneaking in from over two miles away, or three kilometers if you're the rest of the world. As you can see, to make up for evolving with large predators, the ostrich just had to out-evolve them. Literally everything about this weird giant is built to survive the dangers of Africa, such as their speed. They are fast, so fast. They are literally the fastest thing on two legs. Think about a marathon. You know, those long-ass races crazy people run for fun. <laughs> Don't do it. The average time for a human to run a marathon is around 4 hours and 20 minutes. Crazy, who wants to spend that amount of time doing that? But the world record is just over 2 hours, which is insane because that's over 26 miles, which means the world record holder was running less than a five-minute mile for 26 miles. And if you're not a runner, then get up off your lazy ass and just go try to run a mile and you tell me how long it takes you to run one mile. Now, if you happen to be in somewhat good shape, it will probably take you around nine to ten minutes, which is actually fairly good, but still twice as slow as the fastest marathon runner. But if an ostrich was to enter a marathon, 
Well, it would really make us humans look as insignificant as those ostriches see us. 40 minutes. 40 minutes? That means while you're sitting there slacking off watching one single episode of Love is Blind, an ostrich would have just ran 26 miles. And hopefully it's not those 26 miles to your house so to murder you. I don't want to die. Disclaimer. An ostrich isn't going to kill you. I mean, I, I have worked with a keeper who did get kicked by an ostrich and had some very bruised ribs and was out for over two weeks, but but she didn't die. <laughs> but she could have. End of disclaimer. Well, I don't feel any better about ostriches. Well, good, because they can most certainly kill you. Not only are their legs long for running fast and far, but they're also equipped with four-inch daggers on either one. And if that wasn't terrifying enough, they can literally kill a lion with a kick. Imagine getting hit by Conor McGregor, but multiply that force of his punch by like two. That's almost 2,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. You'd probably die. And that's assuming those four inch nails didn't slice through your skin, causing you to bleed out. <laughs> Aren't ostriches great? And here you thought ostriches were just the African cousin of Big Bird. <laughs> Only if his cousin was living in the world of Mad Max. Bloody day, kicking the lions away. On my way to make predators weep. I can tell you how to get, how to get to Murder Street. Aside from their terrifying size, speed, and ability to kill a man with a single swipe of their leg, ostriches have a lot of other things going for them, such as love. In the ostrich world, it's very easy to tell the male from the female. I mean, just look at their feathers. Males have that traditional ostrich look. The center pom-pom is black with white tips along the wing and tail. While the females are, well, what some would consider a boring brown or tan color. But there is a reason for this sexual dimorphism. Males need to impress the females, and the females need to sit in the eggs and blend in. Wait, um, don't most male birds who are trying to seduce the females have very brightly colored feathers? What's so sexy about black and white feathers? Well, the thing is when he's horny, his skin also turns a bright red, but for the feathers, it's not so much about the feathers themselves, but what the male does with those feathers. By flashing and dancing those feathers on his wings and tails, he's able to fly his way into the cloaca of as many ladies as he sees fit. Wait, do, do ostriches have penises? Why, yes they do! But only about 3% of bird species have penises. This includes the other male ratites and ducks. Well then, how do all the other penisless birds have sex? With a kiss. A cloaca kiss. <laughs> Fun fact, the cloaca is the booty hole that birds and reptiles have. And it's the hole of wonders, as it pretty much does everything. Sex, pee, poop, and even lays eggs. Cloaca, the Swiss army knife for animals. It does everything. However, though, when a human male gets hard, it's because of the blood that fills the penis. For the ostriches, 
and other radcytes, it's not blood, but lymphamic fluid. What's lymphamic fluid, you ask? It's all that extra fluid that drains from your cells and tissues. Or I guess their cells and tissues, because your penis, if you're a male, fills with blood. Now, let me be your ostrich penis as I stimulate your mind with... Scientific names are hard. As hard as an ostrich penis fills with lymphatic fluid, I have a hard time pronouncing words that are not part of my normal vocabulary. Hence, scientific names are hard. I asked my roommate Emily to give me the scientific name of the animal, and I read it out loud for the very first time, which is harder than it sounds. Here it comes. Struthio camelus. Struthio camelus. Fun fact, camelus is there because they kind of look like the camel because of that long neck, but they're not a camel. They're a bird. Somewhat a dinosaur, but bird. Yeah. It's the transition song from going to one topic to the next. It's the transition song so that we have no awkward silence. Cassowary, a colorful murder bird. Most people know what an ostrich looks like, or have at least heard of an ostrich. But not many people have heard, or let alone seen, a cassowary. But as a ratite, and based on past comments of today's episode, you can probably guess that a cassowary is a big, flightless bird. And you'd be right! The body structure and design of a cassowary is pretty much identical to the ostrich, with the exception of color, number of toes, and the cask. Let's start with the overall look of the cassowary. First, you should know that there are three species of the cassowary and all live in Northern Australia, New Guinea, and or surrounding islands, which is a very different landscape from our dry ostrich friend earlier. Cassowaries live in tropical forests and wetlands, so they are a bit more uh, vibrant. And because they don't have uh, large predators like lions and leopards around, they can afford to be a bit more flashy. Where the ostrich's neck is a boring tannish white, cassowaries have a blue neck. Like really blue, it's blue! And depending on the species, some might have some orange or red around their neck. And if they're the southern cassowary, they might even have red wattles. Wattle, a fleshy, pendulous process, usually about the head or neck. Like how a turkey has a waddle, only it's on a giant, terrifying, blue-faced bird. If you were to head down the black pom-pom feather middle of the bird, and then down to the legs, you'll find them to be long, as expected, and a bit more grayish-black in color. For the feet, the cassowary actually has normal toes. That is, when compared to other birds and ratites. As it's the ostrich who has the weird toes. Fun fact, ostriches only have two toes, where all other birds have three or four toes. That means the cassowary is normal, at least in this regard, as they have three toes. But that's where the normality stops. If you were to look at a picture of just the toes of the cassowary's black little toes, you would definitely think that it was a raptor claw from Jurassic Park. Three long toes with a long, thick nail protruding out from each of them. Fun fact, many of us may already know this, but for those of you living in the Steven Spielberg world of dinosaurs, this may come as a shock. 
most all dinosaurs had feathers, or something relating to feathers. And all birds today evolved from dinosaurs. That's why ratites look so fucking scary. Let me explain this a bit more. The bigger dinosaurs, like the non-bird dinosaurs, all died with the meteor and the effects from it. But the smaller dinos didn't die. Being smaller meant less food required to keep them alive, and being smaller meant that they have a lot more babies. I mean, think about it. Elephants only have like one baby at a time, while spiders can have thousands upon thousands at one time. Another reason why birds are here today is because their dinosaur ancestors weren't too picky. Most of them were omnivores, so they ate what they could get. But it's important to know that not all dinosaurs are or were birds, but all birds were dinosaurs. And as cool as dinosaurs are, I could spend an entire episode just on dinosaurs, but since we're talking about the cassowary, we should probably go back to the topic. However, I should say that a recently discovered dinosaur skull looks remarkably similar to that of the cassowary. Dinosaurs! One of the similarities scientists found of this dino skull were the casts. And for those of you who missed out on the rhinoceros hornbill episode 2, you missed learning about a cask. So for those of you, a cask is typically a headpiece of some kind that can be found on some birds and even some reptiles. For the cassowary, it's on top of their head, and it looks to be like a horn or helmet. That's what's called a cask. No one really knows why the cassowary has one, but there is speculation. It could be for one of a number of reasons. Maybe the bigger horn means the more dominant the bird. Maybe it helps with shock absorption when they push through all the underbrush of the rainforest. But some think it might actually help to make sound similar to hornbills. I mean, the cast of the cassowary is large. Well, larger in the southern and northern cassowary, as the dwarf cassowary's cast is pretty pathetic in comparison. But the cask is made of a sponge-like material, but is also covered with a thick layer of keratin. So perhaps the sound is helping to distribute sound. After all, the cassowary does make some very low-pitched calls that feels as though they are reaching into your soul. <laughs> but more recent studies are thinking that maybe the cask works more like the spongy beak of a toucan and is used for thermal regulation. After all, it gets hot in the rainforest and no one wants to overheat. It's referred to as a thermal window as the cask will work like a window to let out heat. Now, all this stuff I've mentioned about the cassowary is weird, but it also doesn't sound all that scary. I mean, it's a colorful giant bird with a deep voice and a horn on top of its head. It's just Big Bird's drag show cousin. <laughs> Not exactly. Sure, the cassowary can't get as tall as a nine-foot ostrich, but they can still be at eye level with you. And if standing eye-to-eye eye with a red-eyed bird isn't terrifying enough, then imagine it jumping over your head. Or worse, swimming across a lake to chase you down. Not only can a cassowary run over 30 miles an hour through the thick trees of their forest home, but they can easily jump as high as an Olympic high jumper and use their powerful legs to swim across bodies of water. Even though a cassowary is large enough to give you a roundhouse kick to the throat, they are good parents. Well, I mean, the fathers are. You see, after the mother cassowary has to deal with the male's penis, she'll lay eggs. Green eggs. And they can all be from different males, too. In the cassowary world, 
the males are responsible for the babies. He'll sit on top of those green eggs until they hatch. Then he'll raise the chicks. So when Father Day comes around, the award for best father might need to be going to the cassowary. Especially if the father cassowary is protecting its babies. Which may be a more likely time for you to get attacked by such an animal. To be honest, mostly all of the deaths by ostriches and cassowaries were people being stupid. Either getting too close or just being an idiot and harassing the bird. Animals are going to defend themselves and their babies. I mean, you would do the same thing. So maybe we shouldn't label these large majestic birds as murderers when really they are just protectors. When animals harm humans 90% of the time, it's the human's fault. All those people who get gored by bison horns were getting way too close. And that sounds to be the same with ostriches and cassowaries. If you happen to share the habitat with these giant birds, then do yourself a favor and view them from a distance and respect their space. After all, you'd probably go mad crazy if someone walked up to you in the street wanting to touch your hair and get a selfie. And since we're all going mad crazy, let's get these scientific names out of the way. Scientific names are hard. Since there are three cassowary species, we're doing three scientific names. We will start with the Southern Cassowary. Cassowarius Cassowarius. Ooh, that was easy. Northern Cassowary. Cassowarius unapenitentinodocal. What the <laughs> Let's do this again. This is the Northern Cassowarius unappendiculus toss. Great. Finally, we have the Dwarf Cassowary. Cassowarius Benedict. For those of you sticking around, thanks. And be sure to rate and review the show wherever you're listening. And as a special treat, I'll give you an inside scoop into next week's special St. Patrick's Day episode. Snakes! And if you don't get why we'll be learning about snakes on St. Patrick's Day, then tune in next week. And between now and then, stay weird! <laughs>